On the Reconciling Marriages with Coach Jack podcast, Christian psychologist, author, and relationship coach, Dr. Jack Ito, will help you to build and restore your marriage. By learning just a few relationship skills, you can help your spouse enjoy your relationship more while getting more love and affection from your spouse. Listen to Coach Jack as he helps you with one more step toward a marriage both you and your spouse will love. Many people would like to know if you can get cooperation and fix a marriage when you are very different from each other. Well, I want to tell you, absolutely, yes, you can. The main reason couples have difficulty solving their relationship problems is because they don't work to find common ground. They want to fix the biggest differences so badly that they tackle those differences first and head on. The big differences reflect differences in values central to how we see ourselves. We want to feel right about our values, and we become defensive if our values are challenged. We take it personally. It's not just about our interests. It's about us. Telling your spouse you don't like something about your spouse is psychologically the same as saying you don't like your spouse. It does not motivate your spouse to become like you. It pushes your spouse further away, making him or her care less about your relationship, and it contributes to bigger differences. The common advice that therapists give is that you need to tell your spouse what bothers you. In most cases, this actually makes relationships worse rather than better. There are far better and more positive ways to promote similarity and reduce differences. I regularly help my clients to increase similarity in positive ways in order to reinterest their spouse in their relationship. That is something you will never do by telling your spouse that you two are very different or that you don't like things about him or her. People want to be with others who validate them. They change on their own in order to become more like those people who do validate them. I help my clients to reconcile by having them validate and totally get away from debate, convincing, arguing, and persuasion. Often before working with me, people were becoming more and more disconnected by talking about problems, by criticizing, and other invalidating behaviors. They had a belief that those were the things you actually need to do in order to improve your relationship. That could not be further from the truth. If you want to build your connection, you need to start by learning how to sincerely agree. You see, persuasion doesn't connect people. It actually disconnects. If you want someone who is different from you to like your ideas, you have to first help them to like you. Even if your spouse is withdrawn from you, divorcing you, or having an affair, you need to look for common ground. Many people fear validating their spouse's negative views about their relationship. They think that if they do that, their agreement will make the other person want to end the relationship even more. The opposite is actually the case. When our spouse says that our relationship is bad and we say it's good, what happens? Well, an argument will follow and we will become even more distant. If we instead recognize that there are parts of our relationship that are bad and sincerely agree, that validates our spouse. 
that validation helps our spouse to connect with us. Sincere agreement is only one way to become similar, but it is very useful because it creates connection every time we use it. Test this idea for yourself. Try sincerely agreeing and disagreeing with your spouse. Notice what happens. Which one damages your relationship more? Which one improves your relationship more? When people discover the power of agreement to rekindle their relationship, they become excited. But they still have difficulty knowing how to agree. I recommend such people to use my book, Connecting Through Yes, to learn how to agree even in the most difficult situations. Most people, when they agree this way, want to immediately start working on their differences. They agree, but then they immediately say something like, but we can fix it. This is not helpful. Let me give you an example. Your spouse says, our relationship is bad. You say, yes, we don't talk about anything more except work, but we can work on it. The typical result will be arguing or distancing. This will often result when you combine agreement with fixing. Agreement and fixing are both important, and it's natural to want to solve problems right away. But unless our spouse is also wanting to do that, it will prevent any connection we are trying to create. Without connection, our spouse will just feel like the differences are irreconcilable. Of course, you want to work on their problems. But building similarity comes before working on the problems. Sometimes you need to build similarity for quite a while before you start to work on problems. I can hear the question you're asking. What does quite a while mean? It depends on how distant your relationship is. Sometimes you can build enough similarity in just a few minutes to start working on a problem. That is when your relationship is already good. If your relationship is already very bad, then it might take a few months of connecting and building your relationship before you try to work on any problems, before you try to fix anything. Trying to fix things too soon will sabotage your connection progress and you may feel frustrated and give up on your relationship. Let me tell you a good progression of steps to take for reconnecting any relationship. Step one, end difference-creating behaviors such as arguing, persuading, complaining, and so on. Step two, use similarity-building behaviors such as agreeing, empathizing, and developing similar interests. Step three, use boundaries to further improve the relationship without talking about differences. One thing I would like you to notice for these three steps is that none of them involve talking about differences. Each of these steps needs to be done in order. They also involve skills that people commonly work on in coaching, leading to reconciling that would not otherwise be possible. Yes, you can do it by yourself, but I would not do that if your relationship is already at a critical point. Just like making friends, your spouse has to perceive that you are similar and you will connect around those similarities. You certainly won't become friends with people who perceive you as very different from them, and that won't work with your spouse either. That doesn't mean that you have to be the same. Similarity does not mean the same. 
if I like chocolate ice cream and you like vanilla, does that mean we are very different? No, it actually means we are similar because we both like ice cream. We are not the same because we like different flavors. Having a good relationship does not require that we are the same as our spouse. But we do need to be more similar than other people for our spouses to be more connected to us than they are with other people. You can have very significant differences from your spouse, from your friend or family member, as long as you are validating and working to build areas of similarity. Let me talk about something that many people would consider to be an irreconcilable difference. It's just an example. There are many things that people consider to be irreconcilable differences. Let's imagine that you are Christian and your spouse is an atheist. Although Christians are not supposed to marry atheists, Bible says don't be unequally yoked, sometimes people become Christian after they are already married and then it creates this situation. I have worked with people in such a situation. It's not necessary to divorce or to give up Christianity in order to keep your marriage good, even if you're Christian and your spouse is an atheist. Now, what is required in this situation with such a large values difference? What would be required to make this work is that you go to church on your own. You pray on your own. You read the Bible on your own. These are not things you share with your spouse. These are differences you have with your spouse. You also help your spouse to feel validated, attractive, and to enjoy the relationship with you. There is nothing about being Christian which prohibits that. In fact, that is what we are supposed to do. We are supposed to love our spouses, which means validating them, making them feel attractive, helping them to enjoy the relationship with us, among other things. Also, to make this relationship work, you would need to make no demands that your spouse do Christian activities. As a Christian, it's not your job to make sure your spouse becomes Christian. It is your job to love your spouse and to be a good example. Keeping your relationship with your spouse good is the single most influential thing you can do if you want your spouse to become Christian. It also does not mean that you need to violate your values as Christian to have a good marriage with someone who is an atheist. Although, as I said before, if you are single, certainly do not set yourself up for troubles by marrying someone who does not match your beliefs. So what would be an example boundary for dealing with a values difference? Well, consider perhaps that you are a Baptist and... Baptists don't believe in drinking alcohol, but your spouse is an atheist and drinks alcohol. Well, you do not give any indication of disapproval to your spouse for this. You do not give any indication of your disapproval to your spouse for this, but you simply help your spouse to enjoy time with you without you drinking alcohol. Now, let's take a little bit different behavior. If your spouse drinks and treats you badly, then you would have boundaries for the bad treatment. That would be no different than if you were not Christian. It would improve your relationship without accentuating the differences between your Christian beliefs 
and your spouse's atheist beliefs. You may not become as close of a couple as you would if you were both Christian, but you will become closer than many couples who share the same beliefs yet treat each other poorly. You can apply these same principles to other differences in values. Make the boundaries about the way you are treated by your spouse rather than whether your spouse lives according to your values or not. Keep in mind that marriage is a job just like parenting is a job. Being married is a job I love. It doesn't mean that I like everything about being married. I need to do many things when I feel tired, for example. I need to keep up with the maintenance behaviors of daily time together, validating, dating, as well as being an attractive partner and being sexually generous. Just part of my job as a good husband, as a good spouse. You will not get the rewards of marriage or any relationship if you don't do the work required to maintain that relationship. I think this would be a good memory point for you. You will not get the rewards of marriage or any relationship if you don't do the work required to maintain that relationship. Doing the work will create a good relationship and will make you and your spouse become more and more similar over the years. You will get to the point where you can't imagine you could ever find someone more similar to you than your spouse. Don't do the work, though, and you will become more distant and more different. Some people try to become more similar to their spouse by showing interest in what their spouse does. Showing interest in what your spouse does is not the same as being similar to your spouse. Just as with parenting, if you want to stay connected to your spouse, you're going to have to participate as much as possible in some of the same kinds of activities that your spouse does, whether you want to or not. It's part of the work of having a good relationship. It's not enough just to be interested in what they do. You have to participate in some of the same kinds of things in order to keep that connection going. Here are some examples. Your spouse likes to fish, so you learn to fish and to enjoy it, or to at least seem like you enjoy it. Your spouse likes to dance, so you learn to dance and initiate going to places to dance. And you have fun, or at least seem like you do. Another example, your spouse gardens, and so you start your own garden and keep it up with a good attitude. Notice with each of these examples, I said, good attitude or you need to seem like you like it. That's a really important part of connecting with people. Simply doing things that you don't look like you enjoy while the other person does enjoy it actually accentuates differences. If you were single and the person you were attracted to was into a particular sport or music, then you would also get into that sport or music, right? So that you could connect with that person. That's how it's done. And it doesn't change just because you are married. By caring for your marriage just as you would for children, you can grow a close and rewarding relationship despite your differences. It will not require surrendering your values, but it will require doing some things with a good attitude even if you don't feel like it. I think you will find that the work is rewarding and that despite your differences, you are not so different after all. Thank you for listening to Reconciling Marriages with Coach Jack. 
Visit CoachJackIto.com to learn more skills for reconnecting with your spouse and restoring your marriage.